Census 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Richard E. Grant. Good morning, everybody. Welcome aboard Australia. It's me, Tony Martin. It's that man, Ed Cavalier. Morning, Tony. I've never seen him so excited because <laughs> our co-host this morning is a very fine actor. He's in every third or fourth movie that comes out. He was in that Francis Ford Coppola Dracula. He was in Martin Scorsese's Age of Innocence. As everyone likes to point out, he was in Spice World. You know, now he's written and directed his own film called Wawa. A round of fake applause, if you would, for Richard E. Grant. Right. Yes. Thank you, Richard. Oh, yes. thank you, guys. Thanks for coming in. How many shows this morning so far? Uh, 74. Wow. That's everyone. Adding a touch of class and poshness to them all. Exactly, yeah. Fruity tones. <laughs> We'd love some fruity tones on this program. Uh, we're going to get to this fine film, Wawa. We're going to get to the Wawa Diaries, an extremely suspenseful read about the making of that film. But let's talk with Nail and I, because right. it's, it's Ed Cavalier's favourite film. It's it in my top 20. Okay. Uh, it's a beloved English classic. But not so well known out here. But right. it is a film where you'll go to someone's house and they'll just go, you've got to watch this, and they'll put it on the video, and then the drinking starts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you find everywhere you go people want to know about With Null and I? Well, I was doing a movie, in uh, uh, an Australian movie, that I don't, I don't know whether it ever came out. Hildegard. Hildegard. I've seen it. A Duck Down Under. I've a seen Duck it. Down Under. So we were, we were in the hinterland behind Coolangatta in the middle yep. of nowhere, and uh, uh, they'd roped off the road, and you know, there were no cars for days, and one car battered old... You know, Bonzo car came came by and this the, the window wheeled down and somebody yelled out scrubbers. <laughs> so half the crew didn't know what the hell this guy was talking about, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. So well, those is, that know, they know. It's a film that uh, I remember. I remember going to see it at the movies in 1987, and you're going terrible name. Don't know anyone who's in it. What is this going to be like? And it's a comedy. But it's not played for laughs. It's the comedy of genuine desperation. Failure and desperation. There's two great <laughs> English standbys. There's yeah. two out-of-work actors at the end of the 60s and everything's going horribly wrong for them and they go for a disastrous weekend in the country. That's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. Yeah. And then the fat gay uncle tries to mount one of them. That is... <laughs> Mercifully not me. Uncle Monty. I mean to have you, even if it means burglary. <laughs> I cannot watch any film that that bloke is in. The fat chef from Pie in the Sky. Yeah, yeah. Richard yeah. Griffiths. Without getting this Uncle Monty. Absolutely. Yep. And <laughs> it's one of those films with Null and I that... You know, I went to a, a website that you can go to and you can download lines from it to, you know, to have for your phone ring. And there's about 100. Yeah. And, and almost every line in it is a, is a classic line. And I'm sure a lot of people have this. I cannot go to a restaurant and sit down and see the waiter approaching without wanting to say... We want the finest wines available to humanity. We want them here and we want them now. And I have to bite my tongue not to say it. <laughs> it sounds as though somebody squeezed my board. I say, you heard that in a cinema, it has much more profundo than that. <laughs> it's off the internet. Yeah. And that was, was that your very first movie? Very first movie, 20 years ago. Shoot, started shooting exactly this week, 20 years ago in England. Right. This yeah. week, wow. And it was not a film that, I mean, in, in your book With Nails, you talk about it. It was, everyone involved thought it was going to be a disaster. Didn't oh, yeah, they? they put it on the shelf for a couple of years. And they said there's no, um, there's no women in it in car chases. Crocodile Dundee was the big hit of 1986. So <sighs> you know, we thought we were just skewered and didn't have a chance in hell. So, and when it, when it came out in the cinema, it you know, played for a very short time and disappeared and then was picked up by um, students on video. And that really has led to this ongoing life. Right. Well, but the majority of Australians won't know what the hell you're talking about. But it's worth searching out. And, and Ed here would have been, what, four, five when it came out. Yeah, I saw it when I was like uh, 12, 13. In the orphanage. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So he used to beat did, us with copies of it. How does that become your favourite? Is it university? Is that how that yeah. drugs? Been, yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, I had an auntie, an, an auntie who, when I was young, I used to go and hang out at her house. Yeah. And she kind of make she try and kind of educate me on good comedy. Right. And that was she played it to me. And I thought, oh yeah, that was all right. That was pretty funny. Was she an alcoholic? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> she, okay. she was actually. Uh, and hello, if you're listening, Louise. And uh, and then I would watch it again when I got to university, and then yeah. everyone watched it, and that was it. Okay, my favourite. And there's possibly the most consumption of alcohol in any movie yeah. ever. And people talk about the drinking game. Apparently they do, and they drink drink for drink to match what the character's doing in the movie, which uh, I'm just glad nobody's died and sued me <laughs> or the director for doing this. You can only get about two reels in before you collapse. <laughs> Legless. But the great thing about that film is, and as I say, you, you don't want to tell people it's a comedy movie. No. That's the way when you, when you show it to people, because it's not right. played for big laughs. Uh-huh. And I remember the, the shot that I just loved in the trailer. The reason I went to it was a shot of you and Paul McGann yeah. uh, standing in a creek yeah. with your trouser legs <laughs> rolled up with shotguns. Yeah, trying to shoot for some lunch. <laughs> Shooting at fish <laughs> underwater. Now, if that was an Adam Sandler film, well, there'd be Rob Schneider and there'd be Wackiness Ahoy. But this is about two blokes who have got nothing to eat yeah. and who have been reduced to shooting at fish in a creek. Yeah. And that's the secret of that film, I think. It's the desperation of it. So does this identify with the psyche of, of Australian men, do you think? Because I, I heard so. that I you're all so. very depressed. You're committing suicide at a great rate. What is that? Oh, it's, it's the music, I it's think. The mu- <laughs> <laughs> it's the relentless Nickelback. Right. <laughs> but, um, look, we want to talk about, you know, current films. All right. And you've, you've made your own one. It's interesting you've waited 20 years till after with Nile before actually having a crack yourself. Do you think... Uh, is there any sort of... I, I love how Withnull is about the end of the 1960s, really, isn't it? It's yeah. about how everything goes wrong at the end of the 60s. That's kind of partly the theme of your film, in a way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, except it's Wawa set at the end of the 60s in Swaziland, which was really like, I suppose, the 1950s in the sensibility, because they hadn't got television until 1980, so it really was in a kind mm. of time warp, with all these expats putting on this amateur production of Camelot to impress Princess Margaret is coming <laughs> out. You know, it's set against my utterly dysfunctional family, with my drunken father trying to blow my brains out because I emptied a crate of his scotch out. You know, st- all these things. <laughs> Witnessing my mother's adultery <clears throat> inadvertently, when I was 10 lying on the back seat of the car while she was having it off with my father's best friend on the front seat. And this is just a tale of happy colonial folk. That's just before the opening titles. Exactly. But let's get to that. Let's find out where and what Swaziland is. And that'll be next (laughs) on Get This. That's Three Doors Down Kryptonite here at Get This on Triple M where our co-host is Mr. Richard E. Grant. We've we've finished the gushing about with Nails segment (laughs) of the program. Gush off. (laughs) Tell us about... Swaziland. I just, you know, I've no idea where it is. It's just a country with a real cool name. Right. It's um, it's in southeast Africa, and it's b- below Zimbabwe, between South Africa on the right-hand side and Mozambique on the other side. Yes, and you so were born there. I was born there, brought up there, and uh, it's a little, it, it's a mountainous place the size of Wales, population of a million people, uh, National Geographic now, and it <laughs> uh, was called the Switzerland of Africa because it was very peaceful. And now this film, Wawa, which you've written and directed, mm-hmm. Uh, is it essentially autobiographical, or have you... Essentially and entirely, yeah. Right, so everything that happened in this film happened to you? Yeah, yeah, pretty Dad much. Dad pointing a gun at your head? Yeah. Things well, I like... did provoke him. I did, you know, pour out a case of his scotch to try and stop him <laughs> drinking. Absolutely. <laughs> but he missed, and missed, and then he tried to blow his own brains out, and he missed there, too, and then collapsed, passed out, blacked out, and then woke up the next day and had no memory whatsoever of doing this. 
So, you know, which is the nature of, nature of alcoholism and addiction, as, yeah. as these things are. And, uh, but the thing is, that a, lot, a lot of families are like this. And I, yeah. found, I, I grew up in a, a family where there was just a revolving door of uh, dads. Oh, and, really? and, you know, when it's happening to you, you think, oh, this is unusual. But, of yeah. course, then you grow up and you, it's rife. There's a lot of it about. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of that uh, the, the tagline on the poster for Alien, you are not alone. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? That's what you've got to tell people. That yeah. This is kind of common stuff. And I think that, you know, you see a lot of movies about uh, dysfunctional families mm-hmm. and, you know, dads and, you know, you know, sons and dads not connecting, things like that. And what people don't realise is that there is a lot of comedy in this kind of situation. Oh, the, the, and you've picked up on a lot of it, the comedy of the parents pretending to be getting on for the sake of the kids. Yeah, and, and you know the truth. That's right. And the comedy of, of, of the parents behaving more like kids than the kids, and the kids can see that. And you've, yeah. You've got a lot of that. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, that's what I try to write, because I think that if it was just all dysfunctional family, sturm and drung, you know, you'd, you'd reach for the... Um, Stilettos and the Stanley knife to slit your wrist. <laughs> you know, it's got to be funny and sad by turn constantly. And the laughs were very kind of like people. It was a nice laugh in the cinema when I saw it the other night, where people were, you know, engaged in the story, mm-hmm. and then they'd get a kind of surprise laugh, if you know what I mean, which yeah. is great. Yeah, no, it's it's a big thrill, and I couldn't couldn't have got a better response in Melbourne if I'd tried. Yeah, I was amazed. And what uh, what is it like? Um Directing actors. I mean, you've been an actor for years. Have you picked up pointers from? I mean, you've worked with amazing directors, Scorsese and Coppola and Robert Altman, one of Jane my Campion. Yeah, yeah, up, down, and sideways. I've you unofficially been in film school as a film actor for the last twenty years, so I've been mm. keeping lots of notes about right. what to do and what not to do. And you know, the essential rule is don't shout at them. <laughs> right. Because you know it's like shouting at children or dogs, or you know you don't get a good result shouting at anybody. And you know I think it's a it means that you've lost control if you're starting to shout. So um, I've been on films where people have shouted, and you get a very bad result. As a, you know. right, Martin so, Scorsese. What did you pick up from him? Uh, he works unbelievably quietly. I mean, everybody sp- sort of speaks in a whisper and doesn't. You know, they're, they're all you know, crapping themselves in case he's going to jump on you because he's very, very tiny. So it's it's a bit <laughs> like working with Rumpelstiltskin. He could go off at any moment. Um, but of course, absolutely brilliant man. And whereas you know, Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola is the absolute opposite. On Dracula, he had he was like the circus ringmaster in the middle of total chaos, and uh, he like he likes that. And he he, he said that he couldn't. Um, if you were, he can't, he can't cook for two people. He can only, only cook for thirty, and that's basically how he works. Now, uh, when you're on Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, mm-hmm. are you trying to stifle a laugh whenever Keanu Reeves is doing an English accent? Oh, you know, Keanu is such a good guy, and he worked. He really tried, but mm. um, you know, Bill and Ted's Big Adventures just <laughs> kept coming through every every other time. But you know, I got to work, and uh, all a lot of my scenes were with the great Tom Waits. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Know, Absolute legend of a guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. There's some great music, Tom Waits. Yeah. That's the trouble when you're doing a period film like you've done with Wow. Well, you just can't just bang a bit of Tom Waits. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Although we wanted to. I mean, I tried to put, um, because it's you know it's a coming of age story at the end of the uh, 60s in Swaziland, I tried to get uh, within the limits of the $7 million budget that we had to try and get the David Bowie songs like Changes, oh, and, uh, yeah. Early Up and John, and all those deep purple smoke on the water. Yeah, you won't know where this is. I do. You're I too do. young. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I tried to get all those in the movie, but uh, they just cost so much money. I mean, they're like oh, uh, nightmare. Fifty thousand dollars per hit, so you know it just made really? it impossible. I worked on a film where we needed to get a Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, and we called up. You have to call up Frank Sinatra's lawyer, who's yeah. still alive. His name yeah. is Bert Finkelstein. Bert Finkelstein. Yeah, <laughs> and you call him up and you go, look, hey, you know, it's like a hundred grand just for like you know five seconds of a Frank Sinatra. Absolutely. So your budget's gone before you begin. And you go, look, we're a low budget movie. Yeah. And he goes, hey, 
You might be a low-budget movie. We ain't making low-budget music. It's <laughs> <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> so good luck dealing with Bert. And, and yeah. now, period films. Now, Swaziland. Has there ever been a movie made in Swaziland? Never. And uh, there's no other actor that's come out of Swaziland. So uh, it was virgins all round. I'd, I'd never written or directed one. We'd, the movie had never been made there before. So, you know, it was like the circus coming to town for the first time. Everybody was out there to help us. Right. But what about making a period film, though, there? Was that easy? Was there much to change? Was uh, there was a fair amount to change. But, um, I mean, basically, the, the place hasn't, hasn't really um, altered that much in, you know, 30 years since leaving there. So um, it's Not people getting around with iPods. Uh, no. TV, they got TV in 1980. So um, and so there were a couple of satellite dishes that we had to remove from houses. <laughs> right. but, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, it was pretty much as was. Well, uh, there's a book. There's a fine book about yeah. the making of this film. I reckon we want to dip into that. Yeah, you reckon it? I think it's a good idea. Let's dip, do that dip. next. I'll get this. There'll be James Blunt right there with his wise men on Triple M. It's Get This. Richard E. Grant is our co-host this morning. On a new microphone. Is this better? Oh, look. Oh. Have we been having mic yeah. trouble? This is the haunted studio. It is. Yeah. yeah. You've worked in like the theatre. I'm sure you've you've had a bit of haunted work coming in. Yeah, but I'm not superstitious. Nothing's happened yet. You know, six oh six six. Nothing happened the other day. I crashed my car. Oh, did you? Six of the six. Yeah. Oh, well, you're just drunk. Just for a stir. <laughs> uh, you got two watches on. Yeah. I do. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, my father gave me, which you know, is the the penultimate scene in the, the Wawa movie. He gave me his watch when he knew he was dying as a sort of parting gift, and. Um, I then lost it, and a couple of years later, uh, my my wife gave me another one in between, and then I found it rolled up in a pair of socks in a in a cupboard. So right. I keep Swaziland time on his watch and uh, Melbourne time or English time on the other watch. Very nice. Right. Now, you mentioned you've got like a thirteen-year-old. Is that right? Oh no, she's now seventeen. Well, you don't look surely old enough to. When did you have children? When you, you need were like twelve? Eyes tested. <laughs> I'm old enough to be your dad. Watch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've uh, you were asking me before about going into the record shop, and that's that's always fun, isn't it? When you get to our age. Well, when you're our age, well, I'm glad older than you, but you, you realise that you really have turned it into an old fart when people talk about the young people. Yes. You go into the record place or the you know, disc shop or whatever it's called now, and you find that all the people that you actually recognise or know or want to buy are in the easy listening section. <laughs> Who's in there now? Oh, David Bowie, Sting, David all the old guys, Bowie. all the cutting edge guys are now in the easy listening section. <laughs> the Sex Pistols are now in nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of always thought that if I'm younger than Mick Jagger and he's still got his own hair and teeth and swivelling his hips around, I still can feel young. <laughs> well, so that's how I work it. See, Mick Jagger's got, the Rolling Stones have their thing of remaining heroin skinny. It's unbelievable. So and they still kept their hair. I just don't understand it. Yeah, and th but they look kind of cool. And and there's mm. you look at status quo, and they've just started to stack on a bit. The jeans are padding yeah. out. As long yeah. as you stay really scary and sort well, I saw of skinny. Iggy, I saw Iggy Pop this year yeah. uh, at the start of the year. Yeah. And he looks fantastic. Does he? His skin is kind of like a kind of like a lizard. Alligator's handbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he's, you know, still got the, the low slung jeans on. He's flying, flinging like himself. That. It was great. <laughs> yes, gosh, interesting. A young person who likes old Iggy and his tight jeans. <laughs> Something for everyone. Yeah. Something for everyone. I'll get this. Now, we mentioned Wawa, this fine uh, new film that you've written and directed, but accompanying that is the release of this book, The Wawa Diaries. Now, I'm a huge fan of your earlier book, The uh, With Nails oh, thank you. Film Diaries. This, I mean, it's just, it's suspenseful. It's like a John Le Carre novel. You couldn't make it up, could you? You couldn't make Stuff that went into up. the movie that almost never got made, you couldn't make it up. Whenever you talk to someone who's made a film, especially a low-budget film or, or any film, but, well, any film in Australia, here's what happens. You hear this. 
by the time I finished raising the money, yeah. I was so exhausted, I didn't know whether I'd be able to make the yes, film. I mean, yeah. you're, you're literally <laughs> knackered before you even shoot a frame. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I did work with a nightmare producer. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah that comes across. There's quite, some oh, really <laughs> strong language describing yeah. your producer. Yeah, well, there is. Well, I think that, you know, it started shooting uh, yesterday, t exactly two years ago. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, 7th of June 2004 in Swaziland. And three days before that, with 110 cast and crew in Swaziland, we were told by, the, by a Swaziland government minister, I was red carpeted at 8.30 in the morning, absolutely bollocked, hung, drawn, and quartered. And he said, <laughs> you are illegally in the country. You have no work permits, no medical certificates, no police clearances. You have to get out. And it was at this point, having bleated to this you know, aforementioned French producer whose name I cannot mention. Um, <laughs> or any of the I epithets. said that you have to get all these things done in advance of our going then. She said, no, no, leave these details to me. So I then had to go and beg an audience with the king of Swaziland, King of Swati III, <laughs> wow. which you don't get to do in Melbourne every day. He wears and, uh, three watches. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I begged clemency to allow us to start shooting whilst all this stuff was processed. Wow. So um, unforgivable as far as my book. How did but, you find it? Or yeah. how did she find you? Well, I'd worked with her um, as an actor in a French movie about Napoleon that was a big daggy blob <laughs> went nowhere, and I speak in French very fast. And, uh, you know, she seemed like a very attractive, very reasonable, kind, nice, good-producing kind of human being. And mm. she came onto my film when previous producers had, had withdrawn to become drugs counselors in Barbados. Fair enough. And uh, so she, you know, she, was a, she came in on the movie at the point where we had Miranda Richardson and Julie Waters already attached. And uh, Rafe Fiennes was apparently about to sign, and then another 14 months went by while Rafe decided not to do it. Right. Mm. Then, you know, with every, everything else that went on, financing yo-yo in, in between, I then discovered the background story from the people that she'd worked with on the making of this uh, Napoleon film that I was talking about, the French film. And they all said that, you know, she was a complete incompetent nightmare. <laughs> but then it was too late. They but, told you this at the premiere. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, she hasn't come to any of the premieres. All oh, right. I noticed but, there's no photos of her in the photo No, section. there's not. But, uh, you know, if it had just been a personality <laughs> clash between her and I, I could have thought, well, you know, fair dues. But uh, she managed to alienate absolutely everybody that oh, she worked no, with and came across. So my book is a warning to anybody that, you know, if they want to do a French production with this maniac, you know, be warned. But, <laughs> but you know, every good story needs a good villain. So oh, yeah, you've certainly got one yeah. there. I mean, it's one of these books that's just full of, you know, the surrealism of trying to make a film. You're in the middle of trying to nail down actors mm -hmm. and trying to get money and trying to film in a country where no one's filmed before. But then you've got to fly over and be in the final episode of Frasier and the dogs taking a dump on the set. It's just full of images like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, there was this amazing thing that... I, what is the dog called? Eddie. Yes, Eddie. Eddie. I never watched Frasier, so it turned up there. And I was cast, you know, typecast, to play um, Robbie Coltrane's long-lost brother. <laughs> And uh, in this final episode, and Eddie the dog, they had this big wedding room set, and uh, I don't know, there's been 200 people in there, and people were very emotional because it was the last episode. You know, grown men crying, all 14 writers in a terrible state because their paychecks were running out after you know 14 years oh, in the series. God, right. And Eddie the dog did this unbelievably potent fart, <laughs> which which almost cleared the room. Not content with that, he then climbed onto this bed on which most of the actors were lying around, including the guy playing Frasier, Kelsey Grammer. Yes. And um, the dog then did this volcanic shit in the middle of the bed. <laughs> and I've never seen 200 people clear a room so fast. It's unbelievable. Well, a lot of people in the Big Brother house here in Australia have tried that move. They have. And it's made them <laughs> beloved by the nation, Richard. Excellent. I like that. And I watched Kath and Kim on my way over here on the plane, and there was... Kim was doing a lot of cabbage diet farting on that, and the poor guy next to me didn't know what was wrong with me. I was just convulsed. I'd never seen them before. 
So I'm desperate to get every episode of Cat and Kim that I can. Tony's for in more one. farting scenes. Are you in one? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, Are you? I play. Did you see Sharon? Uh, yeah. I play her uh, boyfriend. Uh, in a few, and you know what it Sharon, was. Sharon, the fascist cop lady. Yeah, I was her boyfriend for about four episodes, and it was one did of those. Did you give her one? Or did she sit on you? I'm afraid I did. Oh, There's, did you? There is a scene because we're. Which pash- series are you in? In the first series of the last episode of the Together. wedding, we're pashing against a wall, and there is a shot. Pashing. Where everything goes horribly wrong at the, yeah. at the yes, pashing. Welcome to Australia. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and rooting. I thought it was called. <laughs> we get to Pashing's that before the in rooting. the second oh, yeah. series. All oh, right, the two <laughs> seconds before you root your pash. I'm before E. <laughs> okay, and and they've decided. Oh, I know what we'll do. Everything, when everything goes wrong at the wedding, we'll have you pushing Magda over the fence. So there's a <laughs> shot of me pushing her over the fence. It, I've timed it. It's 16 frames. It's less than one second, and people still go, oh, I love that scene where you're pushing Magda over the fence. <laughs> that episode. <laughs> but, uh, oh. oh, it's in there. It's Well, I'm sure you can get, you'll learn a lot about Australia watching yeah. Kathy oh, Kim Richards. fantastic. Now, I know for a fact that you like to do a bit of name dropping. Yeah. You've done it in your book. Uh-huh. <laughs> we want to do that next. All right. On Get This. Get This. I must have some booze. I demand to have some booze. For census, one, two, three, four on Triple M. We're going to have a scurrilous gossip, Hollywood style, insider's style, with Richard E. Grant next on Get This at Triple M. Talking head psycho killer here at Get This on Triple M, Richard E. Grant. Music for the old people. There you go. (laughs) Ruck up warm. Richard E. Grant has been classing up our program today. We've been talking about Wawa, his uh, excellent new film, The Wawa Diaries, the book. Uh, detailing the harrowing making yeah, of well. <laughs> is out. But what about With Nails, the book you wrote probably 10 years ago? Yeah. Uh, fantastic um, film diaries. Talks about working on the player and oh, working yes. with Martin Scorsese. And it's got a fair bit of gossip in there. Have you had much of a reaction from the people mentioned in it over the uh, years? Well, I'll put it this way. Since doing that great turkey of a classic, Hudson Hall. Oh, we love Hudson Hall. I really like that film. Well, whatever you're on, I don't want any of it. (laughs) There Uh, are so few films where you can see a dog being shot out of a tennis ball machine. (laughs) These days. I don't think Bruce Willis is going to employ me in another movie again because, you know, it was a a big stinker. But, you know, like like anything, everybody begins a movie with the best intentions and that one just went absolutely AWOL very, very fast. Oh, well, it makes for a good chapter in your book. And there's a great, there's a quote in the paper today because uh, one of our residents here in Australia is Diane Salento. He used uh-huh. to be married to Sean, Sean Connery. That's yeah. right. And uh, Sean Connery has denounced his ex-wife Diane Salento's autobiography as a crock of shit. <laughs> it was only a year ago that Salento uh, told about uh, Connery's attempts to write his own book. He told Jason, our son, that he would sit at the desk for hours but couldn't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> So it's great to be. I mean, you obviously have one. Do you write diaries? Is that the secret? Yeah, ever since uh, the, you know the first scene in a while, which is you know seeing my mum. Yeah. You know, yes. At ease with the uh, father's best friend in the front seat of the car. That's when I started keeping a diary, and I've done so ever since. <laughs> wow, that prompted you to. I better get this down on paper. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell anybody. You know, you're so uh-huh. burdened with this poisonous secret as a kid. So yeah, I couldn't go to my dad and say, "Hey, you know what I saw in the front seat of the car last <laughs> night? Hey, mum, I saw you doing this." So um, I started keeping a diary. And and you. You've, um, it, obviously, the diary of the book. What I love is that you'll just be talking about some, you know, disastrous moment during the raising of the money for the film, and then you'll just go, I went cycling at Steve, with Steve Martin at this point. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Things like that just seem to happen to you all the time. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's what you know, my, my sense of life is exactly what John Lennon said before he was murdered, that life is what happens in between making your plans. You know, right. out of this chaos and the stuff that goes on, it's funny and sad by turn from, you know, Moment to moment, a bit like this show. That's right. That's right. Well, we've got. Uh, look, you've got that thing though that I love. Where you've been in so many films, you know, you've done twenty years worth of big movies, but you don't seem to have lost that sense of being amazed by meeting big actors, or you haven't become cynical about it all. Well, I'm still starstruck because I'm Swazi boy. You know, right. I grew up in Swaziland, where um, right. you know there was there was nothing else except for the movies. Because as I said earlier, they only got TV in 1980, so. The movies were the sort of escape out of there, and um, you know I've never I've never not been thrilled to meet people because talent is very sexy. <laughs> it is, and look, I, we must uh, ask you about uh, the Spice Girls movie that was yeah. you involved. Top sex, right? I mean, I, I have to say, it was it, it was an attempt to do something interesting? It was kind. There was a kind of a satirical tone. No, 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 no. It was just an attempt to make a large pile of money, which you did. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. You've made your own film. Come on. And were your kids uh, impressed by that? It was the reason I did it, because oh, my okay. daughter was eight at the time. There was this note le left next to the phone saying, uh, call agent re-offer to play Spice Girls manager in movie. And, you know, my eight-year-old swiveled and went ballistic and said, I don't care what movie you make for the rest of your career. Right. This is the movie you have to be in because I've got to meet those girls. <laughs> of course, now she's 17 and you know, doesn't even acknowledge that they even existed. No. <laughs> Certainly not in her D you know, DVD, CD collection. But, you know, when she's about 35 and they do... The return tour. No, no, I'll be back. When all the wheelchairs. Yeah, Absolutely. they've got right. more in the tank. Absolutely. But, of course, she would now be old enough to, I guess, go back and watch with Noel and I and listen to all your swearing. She has. She just discovered it for the first time, oh, and all, really? the, all the kids at her school, too. So I mean, it's amazing. That that's an ongoing life. There's so much swearing in that movie. Yeah, but it's, it's great Good swearing. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Every time I watch it, there's a new favourite bit for me. And I love this one bit where you go out and it's about two unemployed actors and they're on a disastrous weekend in the country. And you go to a phone box to talk to your agent yeah. and some other actor has got the role that you wanted. Mm -hmm. And with Noel is so volcanic in his anger and frustration, he doesn't go his agent. He doesn't go the actor who got the part. He actually turns on the character in the play. <laughs> there you go. That effing Tybalt. <laughs> That's the life of an actor summed up. And I must say, watching uh, Wawa, there was, and I hope you don't take offence at this, but watching uh, Gabriel Byrne playing your dad, I could easily imagine you playing that role. What, playing an out-of-control alcoholic? Yeah. Charmer by day, schizophrenic nightmare by night. And there was just a little hint of you every now and then in, the, in, in a few of the characters, whenever the, whenever the younger version of yourself said, BUGGER! <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, I can't account for that. They must have just been watching me. <laughs> well, look, um, we want to get uh, people to have a, you know, why should we have all the interviewing fun, Ed? No. Selfish. Do we want to get the listeners? I'd love to. If you'd like to speak to Richard E. Grant, ask him a question. You'll field questions on pretty much anything, won't you, Richard? Absolutely anything. <laughs> Give us Excellent. a call. And... Except for Iggy Pop's pants. <laughs> I'll field those. The okay. whole, whole special on Iggy Pop's pants <laughs> coming up later. Ed's your man for Iggy's pants. You know it. <laughs> That's what we'll have on the uh, billboards. <laughs> Ed's your man for Iggy's pants. In the meantime, <laughs> call and ask actor, writer, director Richard E. Grant a question. Look at the lit up tone. For, we haven't even said the number. That, oh, lit up. People they know are the already number. calling. I tell you, there are people that have come out of the woodwork at these screenings that we've had all over um, Australia, where people that you know left Swaziland forty years ago really? come back and you know come. Yeah, it's extraordinary. They all look like they've got old age makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a call. Say what you want to Richard E. Grant. One triple three five three. 
That'd be the fray here at Get This On Triple E. Good on them. Over my head, Richard E. Grant has a film called Wawa. It's coming out very soon. It's coming to your town. The book, The Wawa Diaries, that'd be in your shop now. It's a choice, the movie. Richard is about to field calls from actual <laughs> listeners to get this. Oh, oh. Really nervous. <laughs> Live ones. <laughs> Hello, Graham. Hello, how are you today? Uh, we're excellent. What would you uh, like to ask, Richard? Okay, you did a uh, sort of reality TV spoof a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, which was very funny. Thank you. And just whatever you think about doing another series with it. This is Posh Nosh. That's correct. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name, but that yeah. was fantastic. There's a ten minute episodes of a cookery program uh, in which uh, a husband and wife celebrity, so called celebrity uh, TV team, couldn't cook to save their asses. <laughs> so, um, no, the BBC, in true English style, said that the series was too successful, had too many viewers, so they were not going to repeat. They weren't going to do a second one. <laughs> Fair that, enough. Yeah. What's the logic in that? Like try well, and explain was, that, that to Americans. That. Oh, thank you. Hey, yeah. thank you, Graham. Hello, Olivia. Hello. Oh, how are you going? Great. I'm just wondering uh, what your favourite movie is out of all the movies you've made. Oh, the you ones that I made? Uh, oh, writing and directing, <laughs> wah-wah, outstripped anything else. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely fantastic. Yes, well, I have the book. I certainly will see the movie. Oh, thank but you. I've loved your career very much. Oh, very thanks, much. Olivia. I love you. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. If I hadn't had a husband, you would have been the one. <laughs> there you go. Oh, thank you. How old are you, darling? Oh, thank you, Richard. How thank old you. are you? Oh, oh. Get, getting a bit old now. Oh, you? Oh, me too. Uh, a little bit older, and um, not too bad for my age, so... Yeah, <laughs> this husband of yeah. yours, I mean, is it going to last, do you think, Olivia? <laughs> I think it'll last, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can... Richard's willing to get in the station Black Thunder and pop around. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> I would love that. I would oh. love that. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, oh, Olivia. Thank Bye, Olivia. <laughs> Hello, Ian. Hello. How are you going? Oh, I'm going well. Good. Listen, just before I, Richard, don't don't sort of knock the Hudson Hawk movie. You know, it's it. <laughs> if you can shine that much in a movie that's that truly bad, it's just sort of it's a stamp of how good you really are. Thank you very much. Are you in a maximum security twilight zone <laughs> for the mentally insane? Listen, it was so bad, I loved it. What can I say? Is my my question for you is Sandra yeah. Bernhardt truly that? Maniacal. <laughs> oh, she's absolutely out there. Those lips are sort of like working as a Godzilla. She's, she's extraordinary. She's really terrifying. Yeah, she is terrifying. You would never want to have an argument with uh, with, with her. She took Bruce Willis and uh, yeah. uh, Joel Silver, the producer, to task one day, and it was paint stripping. <laughs> I think everyone remembers seeing Sandra Bernhardt in The King of Comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's how she is. She's movie. extraordinary. But that's the thing. She was amazing. Fearless. He went, that is the most amazing performance. And then you go, oh, it's just her. Yeah. She's oh, that in everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is out there. Uh, thank you, Ian. Hello, Roy. Ed, hi. How are you? Oh, oh hello, Roy Billing. Yes. Oh, hello, oh, it's Roy sir. Billing. Is that Roy Billing? Oh, man. Nice Fine to actor. Nice to hear Roy you. Billing, sir. top man. Listeners uh, may know him as the mayor from the dish. Yes. Wow, Roy Billing. How, how amazing are you calling? How are you, Roy? Happen to know Ed Cavalier's mother very well. Oh, wow. <laughs> she rang me and told me you were on the show. So. Oh, thank you. I've been trying to get hold of you because I've had all these screens all over the place and wanted to invite you because well, you, the... you were so brilliant in Cloud Street. Oh, thank you. Well, the uh, the um, station has my number, so give me a bell after the show. Done. All right. Have you, Roy, have you worked with Richard? No, I haven't worked with him, but I've been for lunch. When we, um, <laughs> when we did Cloud Street at the National Theatre um, in 2000 and... 2001, yeah. Richard kindly invited the entire cast and crew to his house in Richmond for lunch. Nice. All these sort of Aussies descended upon his house at about midday. I think we left about 8 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> had a fantastic time. Oh, thank you. And uh, I remember, Richard, you had uh, 
You'd invited Kate Blanchett and Kathy Lett and Jeffrey. We had an Robinson, Australia Day. <laughs> and you yeah. were telling me that the, that was the day after our last show, and I was telling you that uh, Robert Altman had been in the audience, and you said, oh, he's coming for lunch, and he walked through the door and I nearly fell over. <laughs> <laughs> Roy? Hey, Roy, you were in the uh, Thank God You Here the other week, were you not? What's that? I saw you in Thank God You Here the other week? Yes. Yeah, you were playing a, 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 a confused man in the uh, <laughs> Roy, Twilight I, Village. Can I ask you a question, Roy? You may. I grew up in New Zealand, and I grew up with you on New Zealand TV. That's right. And then I've moved over here, and here yeah. you are here. But when I grew up and you were on shows, you were called Roy Billings. Roy Billing, B-I-L-L-I-N-G? No, yeah, you would come on as Billings. No, no, no. People always pluralise my name for some reason. I'm sure you're in the opening I'm, credits. I'm, I'm, what he's saying is that you're an idiot. If you look at the New Zealand film, Came a Hot Friday, it says Billings in the opening credits. Is that well, just that's a... wrong, that's wrong. It's, I'm singular. It's a typo. <laughs> we'll have the, all of, the negative will be restruck this afternoon and oh. that will be corrected. Hey, thanks, Roy. Nice to talk to you. Yes. Take it easy. Anything you'd like to plug, Roy? Um, if, I, if I'd worked recently, yes, but mm. I'm sort of... I'm, in one of those uh, phases we actors call resting. Yes. So if there's yeah. any producers listening, um, uh, can we I'm interest here, you? Ready, ready to get on a plane or a bus or drive anywhere. Right, no gigs here. Nickelback tickets? Is that any use to you? Uh, no. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Well said. Thanks, Roy. <laughs> thanks, Roy. Oh, thanks, Roy. What a batch of callers! You know, oh, so many things fantastic. we we could ask you about, uh, Richard. It, we've mentioned a name there. Roy's mentioned uh, Robert Altman. You've mm. been in—is th- it three Robert Altman I movies? Have, yeah. What is it like working for him? Because it's—he uh, gets this amazing kind of naturalistic feel out of his actors. He's—he's he's been the most inspiring person I've ever worked with. Really? Because unlike most other directors, he doesn't. There's no division between him being the director and the cast and the crew. Everybody's invited to the rushes every day. Yeah. Um, there's no secret cabal of you know the director and the producer keeping it away from the actors and the crew. Everybody's involved, invited, and basically everybody's basically paid the same. And he treats everybody you know, as you know like a good guy. All right. What was your pitch in the player? You were one. Were you one of the people making pitches? I was. Yeah. What was your the one? movie within the movie? What was your? Oh, you did the one with Bruce Willis. Yeah. Right. Bruce Willis and, and Julia Roberts were the people in the movie within the movie that I was pitching. Where, right. uh, my pitch was basically no stars, no Hollywood, no Schwarzenegger, whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> that's exactly who ended up in the movie that I written. I sold out completely. <laughs> but so many of the pitches in that film have actually happened. Like the most famous one, The Second Graduate, that's coming out. Yes. Are that. you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's They're written, making The Graduate. The guy's written a book of the guy who wrote the book of The Graduate. Wow. So I'm sure... I'm sure your idea will be... They kind be... of made it now because, because Anne Bancroft has recently died. No, but at no. the time of the player, they were all alive. I think you know, it's... Dustin Hoffman, Anne Bancroft. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Simpson. Yeah, it's a remake. Mrs. Roberts. Hilary yeah. Duff and, you know... <laughs> yes, and Heath Ledger. Oh. <laughs> Have we... Uh, we've there reached, it is. We've reached the end of the hour, Richard. <laughs> Thank uh, you. We clearly need you to come back for the next couple of days so right. we can get the, through the rest of your filmography. I don't I've got to go and see Roy Billing now. <laughs> Ask him Good about idea. that missing ear. He's called in. Um, the Wawa Diaries is a fine book, a suspenseful read about the making of a film. That's in your bookshop. Wawa the movie is coming to your town right. on the big screen. Go and see that. Uh, I, I think there's a film just opened today that you're also in, Colour Me Kubrick. Are you in that as well? I have a little part in that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around there, Richard yeah, E. Graham. Yeah. Tart for hire. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you, guys. And what was our key phrase, Ed? Uh, just Richard E. Grant was here. <laughs> Is that Bonnie Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bonnie Tyler is not our guest tomorrow. It will, in fact, be Jane Kennedy. All thanks to Census. One, two, three, four. Kennedy,